This is Bad Movies We Love, part of the Scheiss Podcast Network. It is me, your host, Nick Scheist, and we are here for another episode of Bad Movies We Love, but this is actually episode two, season one. We're working on it. I'm working on it. Getting it together. Getting it rolling. This week is another episode from the first season being brought over ported over, if you will, to use some video game lingo. I don't think that's the right way to use that word either, but I'm still going to do it. Uh, anyway, I had the pleasure of sitting down with my friend uh, Erickson, who I've known for many, many years, and uh, we went to high school together. Both grew up loving weird action movies uh, from the mid-90s, and there are a few action movies that fit that bill uh, better than Demolition Man. Hello once again, everybody. I'm joined today in an impromptu edition of Bad Movies We Love. Uh, my guest is the Mongoose, the Phantom Wenis. <laughs> Mr. Erickson, a good friend of mine for many, many years. Uh, welcome to the studio. You're the first in-studio guest I've had in quite some time. I mean, I can un- I can imagine, given the circumstances regarding you know the the world, but it it's a lot more natural when you're talking to the person that's right in front of you. Um, I love that you gave you pretty all every nickname you've ever given me or that I've ever been bestowed on has just been poured on in that That's a couple. introduction. We could, we could probably find some more, but we're not going to spend the majority of our time doing that. Um, so you and I had brainstormed an idea like this a long time ago, and it was the inspiration to kind of get me to the point where I recorded the first episode of this show yesterday. I'm not done with it yet, um, but here we are. You're here to join us, so why don't you tell me uh, a little bit about why you chose Demolition Man as our go-to for this one? Gosh, we were ever since high school. I think it, yeah, like that's that's been a movie that we like. We cannot stop loving that movie and talking about it and like referencing it. In fact, Alistair Overeem. The, in the UFC, his nick the only reason we even liked that guy, although, I mean, of course, he was knocking people out like crazy, but it came from his nickname, the Demolition Man. Like, huge, well, huge bonus. <laughs> we like that guy now, um, but it came from that. It's, it's, it's a movie that is like when you watch it, you don't, you don't know if you're watching a comedy or an action movie, it, but it gives you the, the best of all genres, I think. Um, and it's, it, it's a 14 year old's just wet dream of a movie and, and not sexually just everything that a, a boy going through puberty would want to see in a movie that movie delivers I think we're <laughs> going to get a lot of movies like that in this uh, or in this show we, we did Roadhouse for the first episode oh. 
Uh, and similarly, it uh, kind of like hits on a lot of those uh, adolescent notes, I would say. And it was oh. one of those movie that, movies that I said is, uh, I forgot what network it was, but it's movies for guys who like movies. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. TNT, AMC back it's, in the day, something like it's that. It's got to be TNT. Uh, honestly, that uh, girls love Patrick Swayze because of Ghost. Guys like him because of Roadhouse. And uh, I think that's the best way I can kind of um, characterize Patrick Swayze's appeal to all audiences. Yeah. And uh, he he carried that movie, to be honest. Uh, it's, it's pretty action-packed and it's wild, but we did a whole different episode on that. So we're going to steer away from Roadhouse here. <laughs> uh, Demolition Man has a... Uh, abysmal 34 on uh, Metacritic so the average critic review is three and a half out of ten and that's uh, that's astonishing I mean I can understand people saying this is a bad movie but to give it a three and a half out of ten is just uh, that's completely unfair well I mean if, if you're trying to if you're rating it based on like what makes a good movie a, a good film like I can understand, you, you can't compare it to Forrest Gump and and expect that same, like uh, that that same range of, of, of rating. I think you have to take it in for what it is. It doesn't have like the gravitas of a film like Forrest Gump. You're gonna hear a lot of that clanking of the microphone there for a second. My apologies. Uh, yeah, there's no way it's gonna be compared to Forrest Gump. I will say, however. This movie does have an excellent cast that includes Sylvester Stallone, Wesley Snipes, Sandra Bullock, Benjamin Bratt. Uh, yeah, it's oh my god, Dennis Leary. Is <laughs> Dennis in it, Leary right? is in it, and um, uh, Rob Schneider, who had like a very small part in this movie, is like uh, basically almost a cameo. As did a uh, very young Jack Black as one of the uh, oh, like underground right. henchmen. You barely even see his face. That's correct. But it's like, oh, that's Jack Black, and then he went on to you know basically blow <laughs> and, up later in the nineties. But this, this movie's nineteen ninety three. I don't know why wow. I thought it was later in the 90s. Yeah, I thought 95 at least. Yeah, I thought mid to late 90s, but it's 1993. I remember going to see the uh, like the like one of the press premieres for this. Uh, my mom took me to it, of course, because it's rated R action movie. And uh, Your most, mom showed you the best movies. She did. <laughs> so she was er, just so early on. She was like, I'm taking you to see all the shit that like <laughs> <laughs> you're not supposed to be seeing. Um, but we're going to go ahead and take a look at the trailer here. Uh, and uh, we'll we'll just see the trailer reaction because I don't remember seeing do, the trailer for this. Yeah. I, I'm sure we've seen it. Oh but... yeah. Uh, do you want me to stay quiet while it's going on, or can we? No, just we can react to crack it. Wise yeah, I I probably have to pull the audio separately. I don't know if this will actually record, right. but uh, I can jump out of it and we'll see. Already, frozen, oh. frozen, and naked. Sylvester Stallone is the first thing you see. The the music alone. Oh, and what a name. John Spartan. Yeah, that's very masculine. The bet. Oh God, that, that hooks you immediately. It's basically been naked Sylvester Stallone. Oh yeah, for oh, and, and, and he's his, his, his like his naked pose is bewildering. He's in pain, which we find out later during the movie. Simon Phoenix, psychopathic killer. The two best names already. How do you hate these characters? You you can't. John Spartan and Simon Phoenix. I'm gonna love running this place. But in the year 2032. It's a great role for Wesley too. Oh, he. You could tell he had a blast with this. Yeah, he killed it. 
That's the San Diego Convention Center. Mm. That that's where we go to Comic Con every year. Ah. How was the fiendish Simon Phoenix apprehended back in the twentieth? In the end, it took just one man, John Spark. This guy here too. This guy's a. I see him in. You see him in every movie in the nineties. Yeah. They just dropped Sylvester Stallone out of a helicopter shooting a handgun. Of course. As if that's going to be effective. Of course. <laughs> that's that's Sergeant John Spartan. He can do whatever he wants. He's got great aim. I did want that laser gun a lot, though. Oh, yeah. So did Simon Phoenix. This is the opening scene where they demolish that building in downtown L.A. Oh, yeah. This makes me want to watch it again. But, like, I mean, they had to start with that scene where they're where he's blowing up a building because they're like, he's, his nickname's the Demolition Man. Here's why. <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. Like he he puts the the mission ahead of uh, property damage concerns, and I loved that. Watching this as an adult, they go to L.A. and L A. is like a war torn, dirty shithole. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's like it's like a place that where that where Snake Plissken would have to escape from. Yes, exactly. Time. And so it's like Simon Phoenix is just the biggest criminal in the world, and he happens to have a bunch of I think it's kids that he has taken hostage at some point, and he's getting ready to basically. He's not. He's framing Spartan, but Spartan does his demolition man thing, kind of just like a a bull in a china shop, and uh, he takes the bait, yeah. and they both end up in cryo prison. Well, it's 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 funny because they were like they they he has this history. So this is this is uh, for those of you that haven't seen this. It's he John Spartan is the guy that every police chief loves and hates at the same time. You've all it's that movie where you know, you're the best cop on the force, but you're writing checks your you know your ass can't cash. It's like you know, you're, you're like you're, John McClane. Yeah, like John McClane. He's the guy that gets the job done, but at what cost? And so. In in this movie though, it costs him a lot. He is now he now is sentenced to be cryogenically frozen for I don't know was it ninety years, hundred years, or whatever however long it was. Uh, it was a seventy year sentence. Seventy years, had. seventy um, years because uh, th- yeah, at this point the the destruction has now caught up. His methods have caught up to him. He gets the job done. He saves the kids and the people. Actually, in this in this one, I don't think he saved those people. He doesn't. He the, doesn't. Ki- the kids die, but yeah. you find out that uh, Simon Phoenix has essentially killed all the kids already and oh, just yeah. left their bodies there I mean, to make it. Until like the end. Well, spoiler alert: <laughs> if you haven't seen this movie, it's thirty years old. That's your fault. Uh, I think one of the most appealing things about this movie very early on is that they get through the 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 main incident that lands them both in cryo prison and then they jump like straight into like here's the future tech here's where we are with our uh prison sentencing and the cryotech freezing stuff that the way they designed that set the way they told the story of like what actually is this cryo prison i think is one of the strongest points in the film in that you it's a tangible near future Yes, it's so even in 1993, you're like 
stories of uh, like rich people like Walt Disney who oh, have yeah. like cryogenically frozen themselves until uh, some sort of cure comes out. So it's this technology that had kind of been in the vocabulary of science fiction for a long time, and we hadn't really like seen it on this scale. And the way that like the the visual effects go along with the freezing process was always one of the things that I loved the most about this movie, uh, especially later in the end where. Uh, like the the massive room freeze towards uh, the finale. Oh yeah, no, no, they 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 did a great job of taking something you know that like yeah, I mean Walt Disney's doing it right now. You know his head's <laughs> frozen somewhere, like and and just saying like well, so again for those we're trying to get people to want to watch this movie. Um, basically, you have John Spartan, Simon Phoenix. They're both sentenced to be cryogenically frozen. Which in the 19, 1993 were like, yeah, we get it, we buy it, we it, it's it, it it can work, um, and then it gets to the point now they are both unfrozen around 2030, 2040, whatever it was. It's the future now. It's so, the future. So now basically you have you have the the dirty like gets the job done destruction everywhere cop of the 1990s and the over the top villain of the 1990s, but now they're in the future. That, that, in a sense, is there's your movie. That's Demolition Man. If you, if you, if you don't want to watch it after hearing that, then there's just, you're, you're, you have no soul. But, <laughs> but no, you're right about that. Cryo, cryogenically freezing criminals, you know, for a sentence, that's, like, you, you can believe that in 1993. You, that's like, this is technology that we know in somewhere, some way exists. Yeah, there's no, like, uh, flying cars or anything like that. It's something very uh, substantive, and there's also a bit of smart writing in the design of that cryoprison system in that the idea is for it to be this humane alternative for getting these people off the streets. It's like you're not really living in prison. You're just frozen until your sentence is over. And then... Which, so, by the way, like, that's that, that's a... What a great way to just, like, I guarantee you, if that was the case today for real, like, no criminals. I don't know. You either are a criminal that's, like, scared to death of that happening because then you're in a future that, like, I don't know what's going on. Like, you know, or or you're the one that's like, hell yeah, I want to get. I want to live forever. <laughs> I want to get in on this. I want to live in 2060. This is going to be amazing. So, you know, it's it, <laughs> that's already, already, like, uh uh, what what a concept for, to really think about. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. No, the the whole idea of it and and the execution of that, like it was, you're pulled into the movie immediately within the first 15, 15, 15 minutes. Yeah, in regards to that structure of the prison sentencing, there's a little like subtle thing that they don't dig into too much. But uh, at some point, John Spartan is lecturing, I believe it's like the creator of the system or somebody who's strongly in favor of it, saying that he's like, like a 20 year old, by the way, like that, that scientist yeah. was like 21 years old. at yeah. the time. <laughs> and he's, he's telling him, he's like, no, he's like, I wasn't asleep. He's like, I was awake the whole time. It was a waking nightmare. Yeah. So oh, it's, it's really this this small, smart piece of ideology yeah. about how I forgot about these. That these well-intentioned ideas often lead to these horrible outcomes. Oh, man. And so it's really this more cruel and inhumane form of torture than just putting him in prison for the 70 years. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. When they unfroze him and he says, you know, and they're like, and, and they all assumed, no, he's just, 
like it's an instant like he wakes up and all of a sudden it's like a second later for him no he was he was conscious for that entire like 40 years uh, yeah. 40 years like period so what that says is that that system has never thought anybody oh my god everybody that's ever been frozen in that criminal justice system has remained frozen oh. to the point where no one's been woken up to tell them I was awake the whole time you asshole oh my god you know I take back what I just said like if, if you implemented that now in the justice system every there would be no crime like crime would cease <laughs> every criminal would be like I'm turning over a new leaf I'm going to become a priest like the, no one would ever want to get caught for a crime and ha- have, have that happen to them <laughs> you're right but the upside <laughs> is that uh, he's thought out in perfect physical conditions, oh, yes. equal to his physical prime when he was in the 90s. Uh, first, and the, first of all, he didn't need to be frozen to keep that physical condition. He like, didn't. Stallone is still Stallone in shape still like that. looks that way yeah, now. Stallone's like 80 <laughs> years old right now, and he's still making Rocky movies. So, <laughs> so yeah, the, 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 but yeah, the, the freezing process was good to him. Before we go any further, this episode of Bad Movies We Love is brought to you by MindMeld, the new social network designed specifically to interface with your cerebral cortex. Minimally invasive, MindMeld's patented CNS bypass module plugs directly into your brainstem, allowing for a completely hands-free interface. As an added bonus, MindMeld's proprietary technology allows you to access all the untapped areas of your brain. Share your unfunny musings, photos, feelings, and even memories to your network with only a thought. The days of scrolling the timeline are over as MindMelt puts you at the epicenter of social content creation from around the world. For just $1,000 a year, you can avoid having to rely on local Wi-Fi and cellular by joining MindMelt's independent global mobile network for instantaneous sharing no matter where you access their service. Sharing is also hardwired as the neural handshake feature also allows you to upload and download locally through any tactile connection with no cross chatter, no buffering, and no lag. Mind meld. Upgrade your gray matter because one day it may matter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to take a look at uh, what that physical prime means for Simon Phoenix. Uh, as he is, oh, that's that's one thing we never we didn't start talking about either. Simon, uh, Simon Phoenix, yeah, we'll get to him. We're gonna movie. get to him right now. He oh uh, during the freezing process, another small piece of like science fiction uh, writing that I thought was really smart was the alteration of. I don't know. If, I don't know if they were altering their DNA, but it was similar to the Matrix in that they're force downloading information into them. Ah, yes. And so, as the story unravels, you find out that John Spartan, because he's this big hulking, uh, I don't know, egomaniac, uh, right? Hulkamaniac. Yeah, yeah. No, this, uh, he's a, he's just a, a, a giant meathead. Is what they're assuming. Like, oh, this yes. guy just wants muscles. Yeah, so they they teach him how to like sew, yeah. <laughs> and they teach him a lot of like home ec stuff while he's frozen. But Simon Phoenix, uh, it, the system is being worked from the inside, and he's getting upgraded with all the good stuff. So we're gonna take a look at uh, what it looks like when he pops out uh, for the first time, getting unfrozen, and I believe in the streets of San Angeles. San Angeles, that's right. They, with they... some with some brand new computer <laughs> hacking skills. I like the subtleness of the, the what's it called, metrochromia. Oh yeah, I, I love how there's just computers on the street for public use. Yep, it's like an ATM, but just access all public information. Oh, that's I, okay. I completely forgot about that. My favorite part of this movie: if you curse in San Angeles in the future, you get a citation. Think about where we're at right now in society. You oh. say something wrong and... Oh, I'm going to get to that point, actually. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. 
way ahead of its time and its uh, understanding of how this society that supposedly built like the city on the hill of perfection is really like this rotting core of oh. corruption. Yeah, it, it's yeah. Simon, so, so like Nick was saying, it's part of your your rehabilitation when you're frozen. I guess in this justice system, is they just download information in your head to make you less like aggressive. Yeah, so actual, like, rehabilitation. Yes. Simon Phoenix. And, but Simon Phoenix, somehow... He got the military package. He, yeah, someone gave him uh, information, downloaded information in his brain to make him even more dangerous. Oh, I'm so scared. God, this... This, this is Wesley's, like... This is one of Wesley's greatest roles. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah. It's, it's rare that he got the ability to, like, flex his comedic muscles. Yeah. He's a very good comedic actor. So I think that's why I love this too, is like, it's one of the only roles where he really like has this level of fun with it. Oh, he was having a blast. He did something else recently that I can't quite remember, but he was great in it. And it was like a, he, his character was a comedy role. Blade 3, that movie was hilarious. For the wrong reasons. <laughs> Let's do Blade 3 on a different episode of this show. <laughs> so he's already killed. Uh, some security guards and some scientists at the prison. Cut oh, there you a, go. He cut a guy's eyeball out in yeah. order to escape, and now he's about to whoop up some cops to some oh. to some like funky Prince-like yes. soundtrack. And this is this is exactly why like critics hated it, which which is why we love it. He's systematically taking out every single cop in this scene, but doing it in a com in, like in the most hilarious, funny way you've ever seen. And so critics didn't know what to make of this. They're like, what, what is this? An action movie? Is it a comedy? Is it a kid's movie? What is this? Yeah, the fight choreography is really good, though. Yeah. To me, it's like, here's just a really dangerous guy having a really great time because he's a sociopath. That's yes. what I took from this. Yeah. See, talk about fighting down to your competition, right? The best action movies has the villain that genuinely looks like they're having a good time just being a terrible person. Like everything about it, from like the two different eye colors to the blonde mohawk to the, the blonde mohawk, the the orange sleeveless. He's wearing the, uh, he's wearing overalls. Yeah, yes. he's wearing denim uh, overalls. Denim overalls. Nothing Here's... nothing says 1993 more than denim overalls. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he came from the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was the the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. Now he's singing into the computer. He's having just a grand old time in this movie. Which, okay, another another side note, the guy who played, I, I don't remember the actor's name, I'm usually really good with that. The guy who played the warden in Shawshank is also the warden in Demolition Man. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, no, he's the police chief, The right? police chief, yeah. Yeah, but still, same kind of like... Uh, it's the same role. It's literally the same character. Basically the same just character. Just uncorrupt. <laughs> um, so from that point on... Uh, they realize that they basically have to thaw out John Spartan in order to combat the kind of <laughs> violence uh, that Wesley Snipes' Simon Phoenix has now. Well, let me, let, let, let's, let's actually, because that brings me to the real point here on why this movie is more relevant now. Okay, so the reason, they have, to, the reason they have to thaw out John Spartan, I can never get over that name. The reason they have to thaw him out is because the police force of San Angeles in 20, I want to say 2040, in the future, there is zero violent crime. So the police force, or anyone for that matter, the authorities have no idea how to deal with or how to handle violence 
from, from that era, the 1990s. And how relevant is that now in that where you have a time that we grew up in when we were kids, the, the 90s, the 80s, where like you could get away with saying things. There was like if you were a kid on the, in, on the playground and someone was mouthing off and they got punched in the face, that was okay because at the end of the day you're like, well, you probably shouldn't have been saying that. Now you got punched in the face. Like like things that you could get away with that were just normal back then are now just the like you have you basically now you have the um you have the uh, the cancel culture and you have just the sensitivity while that can be great for for a, a number of things i'm really you know for example like being 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 able to bust guys like um like Weinstein you yeah. know like that guy was getting away with shit that no one should ever get away with and 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 stuff like you know just race just racism in general like racism is now like you know is 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 the the worst thing in the as it should be but just little things like a kid you know kids roughhousing or kids you know like like to me like we all experienced bullies as a kid we've all experienced you know stuff like that and it's but now it's you know we we as a as a, as a society have just become so sensitive to that it's like it, it cannot it it has to be dealt with in in the most um uh, well, you know, it, it has to be acknowledged and dealt with, and it's like, okay, we can't have bullies anywhere anymore. And it's like, now you have this movie where, like, that society has become real, like, to the point where they don't know how to deal with violence. They don't know how, you know, like, this is normal stuff in the 90s. It's, this is why they have to, you know, unfreeze John Spartan. He knows how to deal with this. We have no idea how to deal with violence because it's like they've, they've now eliminated it all, eliminated it all from their society. Yeah, there's that line. Um, I can never remember the actor's name. I hope I was coherent in that whole. You were coherent. Ramble. You were coherent enough. <laughs> um, what is the actor's name? But he basically says, in order to catch a madman, Bill Cobbs. In Bill order Cobbs. to catch a madman, and he's so old in this role yeah. that like he worked with John Spartan <laughs> back when he, before he was frozen. Before he was frozen, and you were right. The timeline is 2032, um, but it is interesting that this movie in '93 dealt with that subject matter that you're talking about in that when Spartan is unfrozen, there's a lot of dialogue surrounding, like, you're a barbarian, you're a meathead, like, you used to wipe your ass with toilet paper, That's and, right. like, oh, all of the ridiculousness <laughs> of, like, uh, masculinity being targeted in his character, uh, and they now, now it's toxic masculinity yeah, is what we call it these days. Yeah, I wouldn't say like his character is an example <laughs> of toxic right, masculinity. No, I agree. But yeah, they make a point of like, hey, as soon as you're unfrozen, we're going to lecture you on like all of the horrible things you did then. And our puritanical society is so much better now because it doesn't have any of those things. And, you know, John Spartan makes his point of... You know, I want to eat bad food when I want to eat. And Dennis Leary's character is more directly oh, uh, tied to that element. There was of a the reason story. they casted Dennis Leary. Yeah, Edgar, a, Edgar Friendly. Edgar Friendly. Another great name. Great Whoever name. came up with the names for these characters, that guy should be. That guy should still be working in Hollywood. Yeah, I, the hope. Story I hope. He still is, has a, a job. Stories Robert Renault and uh, Peter <laughs> Peter Lenkov. So if those were the guys that came up with the characters, my hats off Man. because those are the some of the most memorable character names. Oh, it's it's a one it, it's. It has everything again. It has everything you want in a kid, like a, a teenager's action movie. But yeah, going back to that, like I, I, it's it's really um, uh, looking back on it, they predicted it almost almost to a T because it hasn't gotten to the point where we 
don't deal with violence anymore, but um, just comedians could joke about anything. Um, knowing Everyone knowing it's a joke, it, it's just, there was a lot more you can get away with back then, but now you, you we, we, we don't tolerate any of it anymore. And while, again, I don't want to come off as, as if we should be getting away with a lot of with with certain things because I, I again everything that needs to be addressed i think has 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 been put out into the open for us to you know acknowledge as a society but there are things that i think it goes way too far um there's a lot of things things about cancel culture that we that should not have a place in in the things that do need to be addressed and I think this is this is a, a movie that says if we if we keep going down the like the extreme cancel culture line, this is the society we're going to become. Where when shit really happens, we're not going to know how to deal with it because we you know, like we don't we don't know, we're we're too we're too uh, I guess prissy as a society now. Not only that, but as you peel back the layers on this story, what you find is that the the city on the hill, the perfect San Angeles society that has been uh, created here has um, created an underground society. Ah, that's right. Led and, by Dennis Leary. Yes, led by Dennis Leary. And it is uh, Bob Gunton is chief uh, Earl in this. Uh, no, sorry. I'm looking at Nigel Hawthorne as uh, Raymond Cocteau. <laughs> Raymond? Oh, my God. The, the, the names. The, it's just an endless. <laughs> so, so this story is really pointing out that the sacrifices that are made in order to make San Angeles what it is uh, really is this uh, theocratic society so it's like it's religion but not exactly religion like it's not openly labeled as religion but the guy walks around dressed like a priest and he comes forth with like here's the doctrine for how we're going to live in this society and we're going to get rid of things like sin and things like that's uh, right salt and soda and things that are bad this for is you this is the guy stuff. now that the guy that nick's talking about is the, the character that like is the like the the president of everything yeah he's the, he's the architect of <laughs> yes. what san angeles has become and they don't really talk about like what's going on outside of the city but they let you know that uh stuff got so bad that this guy's message of eliminating these kind of vices became very popular and popular enough to create san angeles but what you find out is that this is not a free society yeah and that the free people live underground and i think there's a line that dennis leary says he's like you come down here you live free maybe starve to death so what that group of people is doing is uh stealing food throughout the movie and john spartan gets to see that oh these guys are supposedly the criminals but no they're really just hungry people they're just stealing bread it's like you know like a modern day aladdin like i just want to steal a loaf of bread and so so Spartan has his eyes opened to kind of the the dichotomy of what the society that he woke up in is really all about and the longer it goes on the more he associates with the people underground he eats the Oh, the rat, the, the rat, rat burger, the rat burger. That's the right. carne de rata. <laughs> <laughs> and he was happy to eat it too. It's the best burger I've had this, in years. This is the best burger I've ever had. You know. <laughs> uh, I love that this movie is so much deeper than it gets credit for, but I yes. want, I'm going to read a couple of these bad reviews uh, just because I think they're inaccurate. And I could understand watching it and 
maybe judging it too quickly and then just coming to the realization that I'm gonna hate this movie because I've already put up my wall very early on in it. Oh, yeah. And I'm not gonna allow it to really have the kind of messages that come later on. And like the stuff that we were just talking about. Well, that's like, the thing. You, you, you start watching it because it looks like a great time. But then you continue watching it because you see these things and you're like, oh, wait a second. This is like, there's some thought put into this. Yeah, something as simple as everything on the radio has just turned into uh, commercials. It's old time commercials, is what they play because yeah. they're, they're inoffensive. And they're just jingles that everybody remembers. And it's like, that's what they sing the Oscar Mayer Wiener yeah. song. So, so like, I guess in this society, the, the only music that exists were old-time commercial jingles. Like the, the, the Jolly Green Giant song was the one everyone loves to sing. was was one everyone was singing there. And, and, and so, like, that's a message. That's, that's what, what, a, what a, like, societal, um, like, criticism. You know, yeah, it, it's, it's the idea that artistry dies uh, in this kind of yeah. uh, lockdown. Free thinking society. is no more. A hundred percent. So I'm going to read the worst ones in review in reverse order of how bad they are. Uh, so the first one is a score of twenty. It says nearly out of a hundred. Uh, of a yeah, I think so. I mean, okay. I, the highest score is 80, so I'm guessing it's... Oh, it's got to be out of 100. Out of 20? 100, yeah. Wow. This, nearly all the SF, so what is that? Uh, San Francisco? San Francisco. San... An what? San Franciscans? Yeah. Okay. All the SF premises are accorded to the status of Andrew Dice Clay one-liners, which means that they, along with the characters, keep changing from one scene to the next. So I don't know what that even. I don't means. know what that guy's talking about. He needs to be a little more coherent. Well, so we'll I can move take up. his criticism seriously. Yeah. So this is this is from Peter Travers, who is a well-known, well-respected critic. He says Demolition Man is sleek and empty, as well as brutal and pointless. It's not empty though, and it's when, not. When pointless. did he write that? Uh, I'm. I would assume probably sometime around the time that the movie came okay. out. Okay. Because for him to watch it now and do it would be very strange. I I I just think that if you're reviewing it at that time. And you review it now, watch it now, review it now, you're gonna start seeing things that you didn't notice. And I, I think he would, uh, Peter Travers would definitely start noticing things like, oh, wait a second, a lot of the stuff's happening right now. <laughs> I think he would have to, I mean, but to give it a 25 is very well, low. Again, at the time, I understand why critics hated it. Uh, okay, so this is uh, James Berardinelli. Says, yes, this film is worse than Cliffhanger. Whoa. Stallone's last venture into chaos. And no, this movie is not worse than Cliffhanger. Whoa. <laughs> Cliffhanger is... Cliffhanger... No Cliffhanger was one scene. After that opening scene, you don't have to watch the rest of the movie. Yeah, Cli <laughs> I mean, Cliffhanger is a tense thriller that knows what it is and basically stays on course and, like, doesn't really veer off course. Like, Demolition Man is trying to do a lot of things at once. And so I could see, like, maybe it's, it's spread its energy a little bit too thin. It doesn't hit this point very well. It doesn't hit this point very well. But, like, this is not, like, a coherent uh, criticism of what the film is. I think this one above is a little bit more in line okay and this is uh looks like it was in time magazine ultimately the scripts often sh sh often sharp social satire is drowned out by the noise and confusion okay so that's a legitimate criticism he acknowledges that, that there's social satire yeah and so. criticism he's like okay so it's like this stuff is there but ultimately it gets drowned out by the action and ultimately you know the, well, then the how spectacle are, how of the do movie. we have fun like that's the thing like it sounds like these people don't like having fun watching a movie and i think uh, me movie and critics you are had, like that sometimes yeah, no no me and you have this conversation a lot you, you know I, I i tell you about movies that i liked 
and had fun with, but I acknowledge it's not very good. And it's like you're allowed to have fun. I watched with, one with of those movie. last night. Well, uh, oh, we got the how's the end music coming on already? Whatever, I'm gonna edit this out in post. <laughs> no, keep it in. <laughs> no, this goes at the end. <laughs> I mean, I like it and everything, but uh, but yeah, yeah oh, no, that's right. We yeah, had to we go can back. we can pick up right where I um, said I, I know exactly where to pick up. Um, am I? Is it still going? Yeah, we're good. Okay, so it didn't stop recording. Like me, me and you talk about this all the time. There are movies that I enjoy because they're fun, but not. But I I, I, I do acknowledge. It's not very good. I know how to enjoy a movie that's not very good when you have the elements of enjoyment in it. And I think this is one of those movies, like, you, you're allowed to have fun watching a movie. You're absolutely allowed to have fun with things like Wesley Snipes acting a fool while he's taking out all of the, you know, all of the, the, the cops that are there to apprehend him. And, you ha- yeah, you're right. There's just music playing that's like, it's, it's like the, it's like old 90s, um, like break dancing, like you know, music, and it's. It sounded like Prince was messing around <laughs> in the studio or it's, something. <laughs> that's right. It was it was the fight scene, chore- like choreographed by Prince. But it it was fun to watch, and because you felt how much fun Wesley was having, filming that scene and having you know, and, and you're allowed to have a good time. But it, I think if you're a critic, you have to criticize those elements of fun because they're not Oscar worthy moments and they're not they don't have they're not supposed to be i think nowadays we're we're acknowledging that there are movies that are strictly just a good time yeah and i think just look at what we've spent the majority of this conversation talking about it has been the social satire criticism elements of the movie much more so than the crazy action stuff so it's like that's actually the stuff that stuck with me and made me like this movie and it's like sure it is an action movie and it is uh got a good cast that i like and it's funny and it has all these other things that i like but the stuff that actually makes me love this movie is its grounded realistic approach to what the future looks like what it could very well build, and you know what there is an element that we haven't even talked about yet that plays into this perfectly okay so in the future okay folks so, so here here we go with if you haven't seen this movie here's another reason to watch it um in the future there is only one restaurant that exists <laughs> okay there's you know nowadays you can eat at a million literally a million different restaurants in the future there's only one that exists taco bell is the only restaurant that you can eat at anywhere in this society and the and so there's your element of fun there's your element that you have it'll it'll cause you to chuckle laugh critics will probably be like well there's the product placement you know right there this is stupid but hey, somebody's got to pay the bills of course you know what <laughs> taco, well be taco, taco bell. bell made a killing i'm sure <laughs> the when this movie came taco out. bell is so good They're that it gives it all of us diarrhea and we still <laughs> oh, eat it it's the shits <laughs> it's it is the it is the cause of burning buttholes everywhere um but at the same time their explanation for it it was very brief it was the uh what survive the franchise what did she the franchise wars which i don't know about you but in the way we uh, the way like like capitalism and like and the way all of that works out it's like can you really not believe that there would there will one day be a franchise wars 
with the way like you know there's in the cutthroat world of uh you know of of, of marketing and in competition, it's, healthy competition. I mean, it's essentially happened already. I, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, Walmart is the second largest employer in the country. Um, you look at what Amazon has done oh, yeah, to the retail go. business. Like this, there you this is go. very much spot on. It's like maybe it's not happening in the restaurant industry, but the the closure of the kind of mom and pop restaurant, the closure of the small business in favor of big franchises is a hundred percent accurate. It's going to get to the point now where you can, you basically, you dine through Amazon. It's getting there. Yeah. And, and I think we can laugh about Taco Bell being the only restaurant in the future. Okay. But then 30 years later, it's happening. It, it looks like it's happening with, with Amazon. Amazon basically at this point you're you're just buying everything through through that platform and so it's it, it's it's again what a what a social satire but one that is getting strangely close to actually coming into fruition not not to the point where where Taco Bell's going to be the only restaurant of course but hopefully not <laughs> but we're going to we're we're getting to a point now where a lot of the stuff is starting to look familiar yeah, a hundred percent, and that's gonna lead me into the next clip I want to watch. Uh, it, so it's it's Spartan's first introduction into the new uh, poli- <laughs> police department. Oh, is this is this where they, he he goes to the bathroom? Uh, I believe so, oh. um, <laughs> but I think there's more to it than that okay, that I right. also wanted to point out. Sir. I formally convey my right here. Yes. He's, he's disgusted that he touched him because physical contact. We are not no, used to physical five. contact greetings. Sir, look, I don't know if you guys know it, but you're, uh, you're out of toilet paper. Did, did you say toilet paper? But that little paper? high five right there. Oh. They're so afraid of germs. They're so afraid. Yes. There you go. There's another one. There's another one. (laughs) That you know, like you can't touch anybody in this society because everyone, everyone's a germaphobe, which I'm assuming happened with the Purell, uh, the Purell like mentality. (laughs) And we're getting there. We're getting there, folks. I can see how that could be. I still want an explanation on the three seashells. Oh, we'll never get it. But that's the I would I don't want to know. I want I like I, I love that they left that, that open ended. No, I want the I want the screenwriter like on his deathbed to be like, this is what we envisioned. You just scoop the crap out of your ass. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so what, what we're talking about here is that in I guess in this in this future, toilet paper doesn't exist. But John Spartan says all I saw were three seashells. And apparently you're supposed to clean up using these three seashells right, and you ne- they never explain how yeah. and he gets laughed at for even like for not questioning it. it yeah and and i don't know maybe maybe i in my mind i envisioned kind of like you know when you're at a ball game and you get the uh, the malt the malt cup the uh, the, the ice cream yeah the wo- so like yeah you ever try to eat that you try to scoop the ice cream with that wooden spoon. That's how I envisioned it. You scrape the crap out of your ass <laughs> with I, the shells. I just envisioned the seashells the way we would use a wooden spoon in a malt cup. <laughs> at a malt cup. That's how, there's no other way to really think of that. That's it. not a good sales pitch. It's like you're gonna, <laughs> and then they're reusable too, right? Everybody's <laughs> using these seashells. Oh, it's going right into the action scene. Oh, oh boy. No, I'm going to pause that for a second. Um, so that in that introduction you see a lot more of the stuff as well. And I think ultimately, you know, people, the people that are critical of it for it not maybe uh, 
going like all in on its social criticism aspects. It's like this movie, A, would never get made today, and B, it probably wouldn't have get financed then if you go into your pitch meeting and you're like, yeah, we have this idea for like a Wesley Snipes and Sylvester Stallone uh, futuristic cop movie where all we do is uh, lay out social criticism. And yeah, there's some crime and stuff involved, but we're going to tone down the action. There's going to be no humor and it's going to be this like heavy hitting thing. Like the 90s was a great time for spec scripts and stuff, but I'm not interested in the movie that I just pitched. No, but if no, you no. tell me like, look, we got Wesley Snipes on board, we got Sylvester Stallone. This is gonna be uh, this was Sandra Bullock. I think drama. Th- did, was this bef- this was before or after Speed? Uh, I think it was before. I think Speed oh, okay. was ninety four. I was gonna say you got you got Sandra Bullock, you got Benjamin Bratt. Like Sandra Bullock is great in this movie. She's she is oh god, she's such a just an innocent little lamb in this movie. But it makes you it makes you like Lenina Huxley and <laughs> Lenina Huxley. Which by the way, when you think about it, Huxley. Okay, uh, you know what? What's Aldous Huxley? The author, author, yeah. yeah, the author of what story? Now it was a uh, was it Babylon? I want to say Babylon. Like, was it Metropolis? Oh, no, no. Um, Basically, no. I, I, I'd like on, to think. Right yeah, I'd like to think he's that, the author of Doors of Perception, which I have. Oh, yeah. but, um, the name I think has everything to do. Like that was that was done on purpose. Brave New World. Brave New World. I'm yes, see, there definitely you go. done on purpose. That was done on purpose. Look, look at you. Don't name a, a, one of your characters Huxley, and and you know the the author of this whole like utopian society that you know like just like Brave New World, and then make this movie like that was absolutely done on purpose. Okay, yeah, you can tell it influenced what this is because Brave New World is similar in that yes. it's like this society but there's like a caste system involved Yeah, they knew well. what they were doing. I, I think it, it's to the point where I'm pretty sure like the writers were, they, they came back in time. Like they, they came back to warn us all, you know, <laughs> through, through Demolition Man. <laughs> yeah, they're like, look, if you continue, like, if you continue down this road of, uh, like, puritanical nonsense and just uh, basically criminalizing all of the elements of life that make life enjoyable, like, that's that's no way for anybody to live. And it's like, sure, you don't have crime, but you don't have anything else yeah, either. Let, let comedians tell whatever jokes they want as long as we all recognize their jokes. Let Let Mel Gibson make his movies that offend everybody. Like, you know, let people be as creative as they want to be because at the end of the day it's like you have a choice as an audience member to either take it in or reject it but those of us that are willing to reject it have to just be like okay i'm just walking away and it's the same thing with this movie a lot of people walked away from this movie but at no point did anyone you know start picketing the the movie like you know it's it's everyone's choice to take in or reject something that's presented to them and I think I think that's what this like the society that they're portraying here is saying like well you know what we're doing instead of allowing that to happen we're just going to eliminate everything so that no one is offended at any time at any point of, of being offended is now is now eliminated from society but look at at what cost and I think those of those of people in society that are we all know them. We all know the the, the perennially offended. Yeah. They this is the society that they're pitching, but when you look at it, it's the worst place in the world to live. Yeah, I want to see if I can find that. This is uh, the Edgar Friendly speech. I'll pull oh, that up. Dennis Leary was cast here on purpose because if you haven't heard Dennis Leary's like stand up 
comedy. He talks about buckets of cheese, and I'm yes. like, I'm in. I like the, buckets. Basically, of cheese. it's it's libertarian comedy, which you know, I mean, like we all can get on board with a lot of those concepts. Uh, yeah, it's more about like his position here is about uh, like being able to have a free society and the value of a free society, uh, and just understanding that like there are risks that are going to come with it but the risk is worth the reward yes before we get there though i'm going to get into a couple of other reviews that i wanted to point oh, out yeah, this one it. from the austin chronicle i like because it's a 50 so they gave it a 5 out of 10 all right but listen to the review it says the script is fueled by genuine wit everyone turns in fine performances and beginning to end the film actually shows some thought if little originality that's a positive review but you still gave it a 5 out of 10 like that's actually <laughs> solid. C- cr- critics were afraid to like this movie. I yeah, think that's like, what it was. They're gonna fire me if I like. Yeah, this. it's like this was again. That's why I have crit- my own website and write my own reviews. <laughs> Bingo, and I think that's what everyone else is doing too. But like as a critic, you are not supposed to have fun with movies that are not Oscar worthy. It's just it's a it's a crime. It is. Um, so here's TV Guide magazine. So now we've gone through all the reputable sources and we've landed at TV Guide magazine. Uh, the pleasant surprise about Demolition Man is that both the script and Stallone are funny. The film blends big-budget action and tongue-in-cheek humor in a way that Last Action Hero tried and failed to do. That was another movie that we brought up, like, what we might want to talk Borderline. about was Last Action Hero. But, yes, th- this is... The the um, whole notion of this is where we're going as a society if we don't slow down is, is like, uh, it's, it's, it's behind this uh, amazingly fun just action hero cop versus over-the-top villain and and that conflict and the humor in that conflict is like that's the best that's the best part about this movie honestly for me because you're 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 at the end of the day you're you're watching a movie you're watching an action movie you want these messages and these themes but you have fun with John Spartan and Simon Phoenix for the love of God, those are their names. Those are their names. Those are their God-given names. And in this movie, they're going head to head. What are the odds a detective named jo- named John Spartan and a, and a criminal named Simon Phoenix encounter each other and fight each other? That is exactly what I want. That's the action movie that I want to watch. And if anyone can't handle that, then you are soul. You have no soul. You have no soul. Okay? I will say, if you remove the social satire, if you remove the sci-fi elements and the future setting... This movie is basically like in line with Lethal Weapon and yes. a ton of other cop it's action Lethal movies. Lethal Weapon in, in, in the most over-the-top way. His nickname is the Demolition Man. It is a cop that works in Los Angeles. They call the Demolition Man because every time he saves a child from like from a criminal, the building explodes <laughs> like, or a car just explodes. That is it. That's the action movie I want to see. I don't know about you. I, I like. I'm sure Jack Ryan and uh, and, the, and the Born Identity are great movies, and they are. But at the end of the day, man, like you watch a building explode while while Sylvester Stallone walks, does the slow walk away from the fire, holding a, a seven year old girl in his arms and gives her back to her parents. Why? Why is that a bad thing? Why is that a bad? Yeah, thing? Yeah, I just don't like. It doesn't have. It's not that dissimilar 
from other successful police action movies of the same era. It's just that it's so unfamiliar with the sci-fi setting. Like most most of the time when a sci-fi movie like this was getting made in this era, it was like a B movie. It didn't have like A-listers in it. So it's like, it's a little weird that these guys are in this movie at this time, but the audience, for the most part, is very uh, receptive of this film. It's just kind of like some of the pedantic critics that didn't like it. Yeah. But um, I'm going to go with the last one from Empire, and then I'm going to get to the Edgar Friendly uh, speech yes. that really embodies like what yeah. the movie is about. So, like, if I could, what I was saying earlier is like, if you watch this movie and quit on it early and just walked out and wrote your review because you didn't like the first 20 minutes, you never get to the point. The first 20 minutes is amazing. Yeah, but <laughs> you never get to the point where the film's substance like takes center stage. Like, if you don't hear the speech from Edgar Friendly, that's all of those moments uh, that we talked about in terms of the the cultural commentary that's being made here. Yeah, gets to it's true takes the center stage uh, of the film at that point. So if you quit and you walk out, you don't ever get to it. So I could see why somebody would say like, uh, it's uh, it's empty, right? Because you didn't watch the whole movie. You quit at the po- at the part where you thought it was empty. And I think, honestly, a lot of critics do this. When I hear about movies getting screened at Cannes and stuff and people uh, just get up and walk out because it's like, oh, it's Lars von Trier. Then you, so should, then you like, should never, ha- you you should should never be critic. allowed to write a review on that movie. Yeah. But we do this all the time. People do this all the time. Quick to judge. How many people, um, I don't know, like when you're, when you're airing this, I don't know when you're airing this, but basically like She-Hulk just came out on, yeah, on Disney+. Plus. How many people said it was a terrible show before yesterday or whenever it was Oh, released? a lot. I heard nothing but bad things about before it. Before the show even yeah. aired. Mm-hmm. Like we do this all the time. We, we review it before we view it. And why do we do that? Like, I'm like, with us, we we were gonna watch Top Gun, Maverick, well before we heard it was gonna be a good or we knew it was a good movie. Yeah, we were like, we have to watch this movie. There's no way we can't watch it. But we were under the impression there was we were under the impression this is this could potentially be a terrible movie. But we were gonna watch it anyway. But I think it's like just watch it. You don't know what's gonna happen. You know. Yeah, and you see, at least with what happened with Top Gun, is that the word of mouth is so strong that it's now in the top ten highest-grossing films yeah. of all time. Is uh, it really top ten? Yeah, it just broke. I think time. it just went into number nine. Wow, I'm, I'm happy this to week. Hear that. It's am. still in theaters in a couple places, oh, so it's had happy. a nice run. I mean, we want to we want to wait till it comes home, but I mean, we haven't seen it in a while. We saw it three times. <laughs> uh, but top the first Top Gun would be a good movie for this show because we still love it we all love it yeah and it's like but i I guarantee it's got some bad scores in in some areas but anyway i'm gonna get to the last uh review here from empire it says if there ever was a movie equivalent to the one night stand that uh this is it not necessarily something you'll remember next day but fast furious and damn good fun while it lasts so this How is about the, you. I remembered it the, the, the 30 last years thirty later. years. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. So the most positive review that gave it an eight out of ten actually said this and is that was Empire. This too. is mostly forgettable, right? And so I think all of these reviews just like don't really understand what the film is. Well, again, these were written back when the movie came out. They didn't realize like, holy shit, this yeah. is actually happening. 
Like, yeah, I stop. <laughs> I mean, I personally don't score films anymore when I review them because oh, yeah, yeah. it's like, you know, I, I at one point I had like graph paper and I'm like, all right, so this is like the cinematography is a ten and the acting's a ten, but uh, maybe the sound mix is not great and the script isn't great. And then it's like I'm trying to aggregate all that. I'm like, that doesn't even matter. Like, did I like it or not? Would I recommend it to somebody? And it's all that matters. What's a similar film that if you liked it, I could point you to? Yeah. And so that's kind of like how I. That's all I, that matters. I shifted my uh, perception and I've had a much better time writing about films since then but we're going to get to the Edgar Friendly yeah, speech right a, now. Dennis Leary, the leader of the, the underground, underground yeah. free people. Okay. And up the glow rod. The French too. Come on, move. Jack Black's in this scene somewhere. I, I gotta look for him. I, I totally forgot. Can you help or just bully us with your primitive weapons? That's a shot, sawed-off shotgun. Yeah, way sawed off. Well, maybe they're not so primitive. So you think you're taking me in, huh? Guess what? Not happening. You tell Cocteau he can kiss my ass. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You tell Kato it's going to take an army of assholes to get rid of me because I don't give a shit. I got nothing to lose. I don't want to rain on your parade, pal. But I don't know who the hell you are, let alone want to take you anyway. So stay here, be well, and Kato's an asshole. There he is. Oh, that is... That, oh, i got to see that again. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're the guy outside Taco Bell. Yeah. What do you want? I guess you weren't part of the Kato plan. The more they keep saying his name, Cocteau, I just, it's like, how do you take that seriously? Right. That's why everybody's That's why he's dressed like a penis. He looks like a penis. That's 100% true. Because I like to think. I like to read. I'm into freedom of speech and freedom of choice. I'm the kind of guy that likes to sit in a greasy spoon and wonder, gee. Oh, this is, this is taken right from his own, like, comedy routine. I want to eat bacon and butter and buckets of cheese. Buckets of cheese. I want to smoke a Cuban cigar the size of Cincinnati in a non-smoking section. I want to run Don't smoke in the non-smoking section. Jello all over my body reading Playboy magazine. Why? Because I suddenly might feel the need to, okay, pal? I've seen the future. You know what it is? It's a 47-year-old virgin sitting around in his beige pajamas drinking a banana broccoli shake singing, I'm an Oscar Mayer weed. You live up top, you live Cocteau's way. What he wants, when he wants, how he wants. Your other choice? Come down here. Maybe starve to death. This is the reason uh, Dennis Leary's in this movie. Yeah. That is I'm no literally his entire comedy what routine. Do. Sometimes people come with me. What do you say, 47-year-old virgin sitting around in your mom's basement, drinking broccoli smoothies, singing, I'm an Oscar Mayer wiener. I think he wants to kill you. God, there's so many just there's so many sparks and like and steam. Yeah, they're underground. Out. I don't know why there's sparks all over the place. It doesn't seem like the the safest. It, you know, place here's to the best way to hold that conversation. Yeah, it, I'll tell that guy to shut up. Oh boy, no, Watch the uh, it it looks like it looks like what uh, I don't know. If it, here's another movie like uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie that looks like the. Oh, we're gonna have to come back and do <laughs> an episode on that movie. <laughs> it looks like the the the. Mushroom Kingdom in that movie is what this underground city looks like. Oh, actually, it looks like Mars in uh, in Total Recall. That's a the little best bit. way I can describe it. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Like, very industrial, uh, utilitarian, but, like, not very clean at oh, all. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, it's just a homeless society. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that brings us to an hour, basically, and that speech from... 
Dennis Leary really sums up like what the core of this film is behind all of the brawn, behind all the explosions and gunfire. And I mean, there's not there is a car chase, but it's not really like the focal point. But it really is this story of a society that has spiraled out of control with its uh, controlling theocratic nature. And so we see that a lot right now where some religious zealotry drives certain political ideologies Mm -hmm. and takes away freedom in the name of lifting up this other uh, way of life that, you know. Basically, if, if we were to cater to those who are just always speaking out against offensive material, if we cater to them, this is this is what we're this is what we're going to end up with. I want to be offended. I want to find out like where that limit is. So it's like I always want the weirdest, most disturbing thing, so that I can be like, oh, did that really like push me beyond the edge or not? I just think that you know, like it just comes down to if you don't like it, don't don't, don't watch it, don't listen to it, don't take it in, don't do you don't ha- you're not required to do anything you don't want to do when it comes to like creative arts. And so the movie that you deem is inappropriate, well then just don't watch it and don't let your kids watch it. You know, it's it's not for you to say whether someone else does. And that's what Dennis Leary is saying. Like if I want to smoke a black Cuban cigar for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I'm gonna do it. And for you to tell me that I shouldn't or you know can't do it because it's not good for me, well that's not your decision. And so I think- It's a good that, point. Yeah, that makes that in it of itself is really what they're saying is we are as we are allowed to like and 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 take in what we what what makes us happy as long as it doesn't harm another person as long as it doesn't make a direct effect to another person yes and and i feel that that's like if a couple wants if a same-sex couple wants to marry themselves marry each other not themselves (laughs) marry each other why does that matter to a a family of four in Podunk that doesn't believe in same-sex marriage. Because you know? some bad parent is going to have to explain homosexuality to their kid, and they don't know how. I'll do it. And they're intolerant, care. so <laughs> they don't want to. I'll yeah. explain it to them if you don't want to. But the point is, is that like you know, you you are allowed. You should be able to um, to in, in, endure what you what makes you happy, and for you to have to to cater to those that don't don't like that for anyone this is what we're this is this is the direction we're going in and it's it's not a fun society it's run by a guy named cocteau okay they they must have said prick yeah (laughs) they must have said his name in this in this scene at least 15 times (laughs) they bury him up to his neck and shit and let him think happy happy thoughts forever uh i mean that's it man it's about freedom as william wallace screams at some point in braveheart when he's getting disemboweled but i mean that's the movie in a nutshell. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest, this is one of my absolute favorite films. Oh, if, yeah. I, if I had to make a top 10 list, I could definitely think of better films to include in a top 10 list. It's not winning any awards. It's not going to win any awards, but it won my heart. And I love this fucking movie. And I've seen oh, it a God. ton. Simon Phoenix is... It's these two... These two characters will win you over. I guarantee you, if you haven't seen this movie, watch it. These two characters, these the 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 antagonist, the protagonist, the hero, the villain, it couldn't have been any better with these two. Yeah, and I will say also, uh, Sandra Bullock's character oh. 
has a good story arc. Like she starts as this kind of like naive historian on the nineties, right. and as she's exposed more and more, she realizes like that this is not the era of her ways and she takes charge and she becomes like a significant part of what's happening in the story. Um, so at least they took a future character and like gave them uh, uh, an arc to follow oh, through on. Yeah. And if you, if you think Sandra Bullock is super hot, even till now, like this was, this was young Sandra Bullock before speed. This was, this was Sandra Bullock in her like early twenties. <laughs> yeah, I think it's one of, if not her first roles. Uh, I'm gonna peep that out real quick. While wow. this was, this was like Sandra Bullock at her, like, in her, uh, in her prime. Um, she's had will, a long prime. Yeah, we just saw she, Lost she, City, she, and she's th- still very good. This in is it. the beginning of her prime. I'll, I'll rephrase. Let's see, she did. So, uh, oh, she, you, you'll she fall did a little bit of her. stuff. This was her breakout role, though. I think for sure. I love that Demolition Man is anyone's breakout role. Because after this, it was Speed, and then she did While You Were Sleeping. Because I'd like to think that. Speed was her breakout. Yeah, I mean, it probably was. But, but Demolition me, Man was, was her first like major. I mean, she's with two like big time A listers. You're acting alongside Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes. Yeah, like, you know. We didn't even get into the whole like uh, weird cyber sex. They oh yeah, society. yeah. It's <laughs> oh. in the no touch society where there's no germs. How do you have sex if you're not allowed? To, if you don't want to touch anybody? Yeah. Do you know what sex leads to? He's like, yes, smoking, <laughs> the desire to raid the fridge, kids. It's it's so we'll leave that to those that haven't seen the movie. Just out of morbid curiosity, how do you have sex without touching your partner? And this movie lets you know how it's done. Yeah, <laughs> the internet's taking care of that now for a lot of people. Um, all right, well, anyway, like I said, I love this freaking movie. I've seen it uh, a ton. I showed my girlfriend who had never seen it, and she liked it too. And I've been exposing her to more and more of this kind of like just crazy stuff that got made in the 90s because there was more willingness to take a stab at something like this. Um, and so we both had a good time with it. That, I, which, which is the important thing. You're allowed to have fun yeah. with the ridiculousness. You're allowed to. And I think maybe now, too, because of the message it has, it might resonate with people who haven't seen it more. Oh, yeah. Um, so if you haven't seen it, I'll, I'll give this like my highest endorsement possible. I do literally, I love this movie. I've seen it a ton. Is there anything you want to add before we um, get out of here? Just, you know, if... if um, if you get scared away with any elements of a movie that is not that that basically is tongue in cheek, like you're you're doing it wrong. I think you should embrace like embrace what is being presented to you because this is a movie that knows exactly what it is, and you and it knows that it's tongue in cheek. It tries to be tongue in cheek. So if you just go along with it, you will have a good time. And that's what that's what watching a movie is about is having a, having fun, having a good time watching it. You know, you know, some movies are made for crying. Some movies are made for, for, for fear's sake. This movie was made for you to just. Uh, you know, I think the term is a roller coaster, a roller coaster yeah. ride of a film. You know, you're getting that with Wesley Snipes. Oh my God, Wesley Snipes in a bleached blonde mohawk and overalls, wearing an orange shirt underneath. I'm trying to paint this picture for you. And he's whooping everyone's ass. And he's whooping everyone's ass. <laughs> oh, there's not an ass he doesn't whoop in this movie. So. You know, you, you're allowed to have fun with that portrayal. And and you will. You will. You will. Uh, is there anything you want to plug while you're here? Um, I uh, I mean, if, if anyone 
is a toy collector. I work in Entertainment Earth and uh, EntertainmentEarth.com. We are a we 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 sell we sell collectibles, adults, right? They're toys. You sell Demolition Man toys. Oh I bet, God. don't you? I, I wish we did. You don't. Honestly, oh, man. NECA. I don't know if they've ever made them. Um, I'm gonna have to find that. If NECA, if NECA, because they're the only uh, company, I think, the only vendor that would make that kind of make those kind of figures. That I think. The only reason they haven't is because this movie has—it's been super buried for a long. It time. needs a resurgence. It so does. if you're listening to this, find whatever streaming service it's on. Let me see if I can. It's play. on Hulu, actually. It's on Hulu it's right on now. Hulu. Everyone has Hulu. Everyone has Hulu. Hulu doesn't just have live sports, okay? Uh, it doesn't say right here, but uh, oh, okay, I do see. Watch on Hulu right now. It's Watch on, on the Hulu app. Confirmed, it's on Hulu. So seriously, if you have Hulu, you've never seen this movie. You know all these names, and you want to see what this kind of idea looks like in actuality. If you liked hearing us talk about it, check this movie out. It's fucking awesome. All right, guys. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a good one. We're going to go watch some guys punch each other in the face. Take care. Thanks again to Erickson for stopping by the studio and bringing a wonderful movie like Demolition Man to the table. As you could probably hear, the audio fidelity was much better than Season 1, Episode 1, but having people in the studio will do that. I still believe that word of mouth is the best way to help, so if you like the show, please tell somebody. But another good way to help is liking, subscribing, rating the podcast. That goes a long way as well. If there's a bad movie you love and you'd like to be a guest on the show, you can reach out to me at info at or bad movies we love that's l-u-v on twitter and until next time stay safe be well and have fun no matter how you get your movies